Welcome to Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with Alexia Leachman, the weekly nine-month podcast to help parents-to-be look forward to their fear-free childbirth. Alexia is a pregnancy and head trash clearance coach and the author of Fear Free Childbirth, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy and a Positive Pain-Free Birth. As a mum who's had two fear-free and pain-free births, Alexia wants to share with you how she overcame her pregnancy and childbirth fears so that you can look forward to having a fear-free birth too. Over the nine-month life of this podcast, Alexia will be sharing some real-life stories from mums and dads, insights into the latest childbirth research, inspiring tales from birth professionals, and some tips and techniques for clearing your fears and stresses. If you would like to receive a free chapter from her book, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com, where you can also sign up for her email series, How to Have a Stress-Free Pregnancy. But now, it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast. This is me, your host, Alexia Leachman, and thank you so much for joining me today. Now, we are in episode 36 of the podcast. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. You know, when I started this podcast, I decided that I want to do a 40-week podcast because I felt it would be really great to be able to support a pregnant mum throughout her pregnancy. And in my head, I was like, oh, it'll be one per week and it'll be beautiful. And and so here we are at week 36 and I've got four four weeks left. Oh my goodness, where did that time go? I can't quite believe it. And I feel like I have still so much that I want to share with you. And I'm now having to make some very harsh decisions about which episode's going to make it before I run out of time in this current series. So, um, and yeah, that kind of suggests that maybe I should do another series, like a second season. And I'm just not sure, you know, would it, do, would I have enough to fill another season of, um, you know, another 40 week season of a fear-free childbirth podcast would do you want to listen to more stuff are there more things that you'd like to hear more about are there other guests that I could be talking to are there still questions that you have that uh, you feel are help holding you back from having uh, the perfect not perfect we can't have perfect but holding you back from uh, the fear-free birth that you desire anything like this I would love to hear your thoughts so please come and let me know at alexia at com because these are the kind of thoughts that are running around my head right now as I'm trying to wind up the podcast. So um, yeah, do come and let me know. So anyway, today's podcast episode is going to be all about well, it's going to be about parenthood, which sounds a little bit weird, right? Because this is a birth podcast, but actually, hear me out. What I'm going to be talking, I'm going to, I've got a guest coming on the show today, and she is Ellie Taylor, and she's the author of the book Becoming Us. And what she's going to be talking to us about is that that transition phase that takes you from being a woman to a mother. And she defines parenthood as opposed to parenting as that shift that happens to you, which means the changes that happen within you, how you feel about yourself, your relationship with yourself, how you make that transition to being a mum. What about your relationship with your other half? How does that work? How do you adapt to now being parents is there any preparation work that you can do beforehand? And actually, yes, there is. So while you're still waiting for the little one to arrive, there are things that you can now do to sort of put the grounding down, put some foundations in place so that when the little one does arrive, it doesn't feel so crazy, so 
well, yeah, crazy is the best, the, the, the better word I can find because it does get a little bit crazy in those first few weeks when you've got a little one, you know, with the sleep deprivation and the changes that happen. So this is what I'm going to be talking about on today's podcast with Ellie Taylor. It really, really is very, very interesting. And the reason I decided to get Ellie on the show is because I have had quite a few emails from um, from some of you saying, you know, the birth thing, I'm kind of getting my head around it and I'm okay with that. But actually the bit that I'm terrified about is the bit just after birth, the motherhood bit. And I'm having a little bit of a mini freak out. Can you help? So it's for you ladies that are having a little bit of a freak out about becoming a mum. And and this can really contribute a lot to our fears when it comes to giving birth, because actually a lot of that can manifest within the transition phase of labour because a lot of our deepest, darkest fears can arise at that moment. If you've heard some of the older podcasts in the series, then you'll heard some of the doulas talking about that, that if we we have any unresolved fears that we haven't addressed or dealt with, then they can sort of make themselves known in the transition phase of labour and start causing difficulties for us. And so if one of your fears happens to be fear of becoming a mum, just because it feels so overwhelming so daunting, then this is a really important one to deal with. And so today's episode is really going to help you to do that. Now, Ellie, who's fantastic, she's got the book, like I said, called Coming Us. She's also giving away a fab video that you'll be able to get at the show notes for today, which you'll be able to find at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash parenthood, all one word. Um, So look out for that. And I think once you've heard what she's got to say, you're really going to want to get your mitts on this video. Anyway, before I hand over to that video, uh, not the video, to the chat with Ellie, I've just got a couple of things that I do want to run by you before we dive into that really fascinating interview. Now, over the last few weeks, the first thing I've been mentioning quite a bit that if you want to sign up to my free video training series, uh, that is all about helping you to clear your fears around childbirth, then you need to get your name on the waiting list. So I just want to give you an update on that because I've had a nightmare, actually. I hired a video guy and we spent, you know, I hired a makeup artist and all that stuff to do my videos. And I finally got the videos back from him and they're terrible. He didn't use a mic and he should have done and he didn't use proper lighting and I've got to do them all again. So there is a slight delay on the video training, but I promise you it's one of the things that's right at the top of my list and I'm working on it very, very soon. So I'm sorry, but it's going to be a little bit later than I'd hoped. So just to give you a little bit of update, I haven't forgotten about it because it's one of the most important things on my list right now is to get you, give you the tools and the ability to be able to clear your own fears so that you can have that positive birth experience that you deserve and that you can have. Um, So that's a little update there. And I've just got a couple of hellos to do as well, actually, because, you know, a a lot of, I do get a lot of emails from listeners and I love getting emails from listeners. So I just want to say a couple of hellos. And the first one is a little hello to Carmen, who is having a, what she called a non-baby shower, baby shower. And it sounds lovely because she's asked her friends that are going to come and join her not to give any gifts, but instead to bring a birth affirmation to her a little gathering. They're going to do some lovely yoga and she's asked them all to bring a a plate of food to put into the freezer, which is such a great idea. Why didn't I think of that at my baby shower? So hello, come and thank you very much for coming. Uh, email me and let me know. She did ask me to let her have a little birth affirmation that she could have at the ceremony. So I'm really touched, Carmen, that you 
ask me to contribute to your own baby shower. That really does uh, melt my heart. So I hope you have a wonderful baby shower. And then also, I want to say a quick hello to Gloria. Now, Gloria might not be listening anymore because she's had her baby. She had a lovely, amazing birth. And I'm going to be sharing her positive birth story on the blog because she truly did have an amazing birth. And she really wanted to share it with me as well and say, look, hey, hey, do you want to share it? But she, I just want to share a couple of things for her. She said that she had four aha moments listening to the podcast. And I thought, well, I'll share this with you because this might be useful if you're listening to today's show and you're really looking to kind of shift your thinking around your, the birth that you've got coming up and really start thinking about it in a in a really positive way and start looking forward to it, then maybe you can, um, you know, maybe by hearing some, someone else's aha moments can help you to make that shift yourself. So I'm just going to share those with you. For Gloria, her, her first breakthrough is listening, listening to my hypnobirthing episode with Dr. Ava. And so if you want to look back for that one and, and as part of that episode, I shared a YouTube video of a hypnobirth. And so she said, looking at that birth really does did help her to realise that this is a birth that she could achieve for herself and gave us something very concrete that she could visualise. And then the second aha moment for her was the due dates episode, all about really helping her to relax around her due date. So if you're not familiar with the due date episode, it's all about recalculating your due date, have a more realistic due date based on science rather than this very woolly, vague concept that the due date calculation system is based on. So the due date episode is really helpful for her as well. But also when I shared, you know, there's an episode that I've got, which is what I'd share with you in, in the weeks or the days leading up to your birth, if you're currently due any day, that that episode. Um, and it's really where I encourage you to have a conversation with your baby and thinking about you, your body and your baby is this sort of three beings, three entities that, that need to work together to help the birth be a very positive and smooth experience. So that was really, really helpful for her. And then finally, it was the episode listening to Sophie Fletcher, who's the author of Mindful Hypnobirthing. And Sophie Fletcher's come up with her own version of hypnobirthing. She's kind of blended a few things together to come up with her own version. And so she felt listening to Sophie's interview was also really, really useful for her. So I hope that hearing somebody else's aha moments will is useful for you because that can maybe help to bring about a shift that's required in your mind and bring about a really wonderful positive birth experience, which is going to be great for you, baby, and of course, the family. So anyway, enough of all that. I hope that was useful. Now I'm going to hand over to the time that I spoke to Ellie Taylor, who's the author of Becoming Us, all about the transition to parenthood and parenting. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hello, Ellie, and welcome to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast today. Hello, Alexia, and thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Now, today we're going to be talking about a slightly different aspect of birth preparation, and that's the bit that comes just after the birth, the parenthood bit. And so Ellie's going to help me to talk about that because Ellie's got a great book called Becoming Us, and she'll tell us all about that. But Ellie, before we start talking about that bit that comes just after birth, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about, you know, how you came to write this book and a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, sure. Well, my background is in relationship counselling and I became a relationship counsellor at about the same time I became a new mother. 
Um, and so that was very interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, I let, Let's talk about the new mother bit first. I thought I was really, really well prepared for parenthood. I'm the sort of person that I like to research everything and I read heaps of books and we did um, private antenatal classes and I did prenatal yoga and I thought I was really, really, really well prepared. We had the a fabulous midwife, and you know what? It, it all paid off. We had a wonderful birth experience. It was fantastic. But what I found that I wasn't well prepared for was parenthood. And I found, you know, after the fact, in hindsight, that I think we do a really good job of preparing um, couples for pregnancy and birth and a really good job of preparing them for parenting. There's lots of advice for parenting, but parenthood's kind of like a big gap in between. Mm. And uh, so that was the beginning of researching the book and writing the book and living the book. Um, <laughs> and now I am an educator. Now I train professionals in my Becoming Us method to help them support parents oh. in their care so mm. just to, when I you know when I first stumbled across your work and I the you know the distinction between parenthood and parenting I think is really interesting and and I never really considered that distinction or that difference before so would you mind just sort of telling us a little bit more about the difference between parenthood and parenting so that everyone knows yeah, what we're talking about Sure, absolutely. And it's kind of one of those things that's hidden in plain sight, isn't it? We, yeah. just, we just don't think about it. We just take it for granted that they're the same. Um, but I found they're very, very different. So parent parenting, I think, is my relationship or our relationship with our, you know, our, our bump that we're growing or our baby or our child. Whereas parenthood, on the other hand, is, you know, um, my relationship with myself as I grow from a, a, a woman into a mother and my relationship with my husband as, as he becomes a father, uh, even my relationship with my own parents. I found my relationship with both my parents changed, um, you know, in, in one way or another when I became a parent. Um, friendships change. My relationship with my community changed when I became a stay-at-home mother. Everything, you know, lots of things changed. And mm. this is what I think is, is parenthood. It's how we feel about ourselves and those closest, closest to us as we become become parents. Yeah. And, and I think as well, certainly for first-time parents, where that you're letting go of this kind of part of your life that is very significantly different to what you're about to embark on. And there's a bit of grief going on there. There's a bit of loss. And, and I think I, I certainly did this, where you try and cling on to your old life as much as you can and I think it's only now with kitty number two that I've like accepted that I'm a mum and I should probably have the mum car and probably do more mum activities <laughs> and not try and like maintain this this single life not single life but like kid free life you know and that adjustment is just quite massive you don't realize and it hits you like a truck a bit doesn't it it does. It really, and you know, I relate a lot to what you're saying with, and I think, you know, one of the things that I was unprepared for was exactly how much becoming a mother would affect my self-esteem, mm. you know, and also my sense of identity. You know, who am I, you know, now that I'm at home taking care of a baby and not a career woman anymore, mm. and how much those things left me quite vulnerable I suppose and more sensitive and then that how that impacted my relationship with with my husband 
you know, I love what you just said about a sense of loss and letting go. And that was the one of one of the things that I found early in in my research for the for the book was that you know, parenthood used to be considered a rite of passage and the community came together to support parents in saying goodbye to the old way of life and to support parents in, uh, you know, upskilling and learn what they needed to know for the new way of life and then helping them out in practical ways as well. And we've just lost the village. Yeah. You know, we not only do we not prepare parents for what comes after the birth, but but we've lost the the family, the extended family, often to 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 do the guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of professionals out there now. There now that do it, which is fantastic. Um, but couples often aren't aware of how much help they'll need in the postpartum period, or what help is out there, and so they tend to struggle. My experience is they kind kind of try to do too much and try to do it all and try to get back to normal, rather than realizing that it's actually the two of them working together to slowly and surely create a new normal for their for their family mm-hmm. and yeah. let's just talk about sort of the relationship with your other half your husband or your partner because that you know I, I think that I think there's a lot of couples that in that first year it's such a seismic shock to the relationship that they maybe haven't anticipated that you know a lot of couples just break down at that point and some of them unfortunately don't stay together and it can be a really tough time for couples and I'm just wondering what kind of um how how can you uh what what advice can you give to a mum that's pregnant to kind of help ease them through that that phase that 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 bit yeah. in terms of relating to the other half and how they can adjust to that together yeah sure yeah they say that the first year of marriage is the hardest but I actually think the first year of parenthood is the hardest yeah. <laughs> you know you don't really know what you're committing to when you say those vows until you've had kids <laughs> so I reckon we should have a recommitment ceremony you know like after we've actually made it through the first year yeah. of parenthood <laughs> and if you make it through that you're, you're, you're good to go that's I it think. you're okay yeah. you're set for life but you know what you're absolutely right something like 92% of parents say that they have more conflict in the first year after baby um, and, you know, there's good reasons for that. You know, there's sleep deprivation, there's steep learning curves, um, you know, there's lots of stresses that, you know, couples aren't prepared for, lots of changes going on. There's bound to be some short short tempers and some short fuses. So I actually tell couples that that's really normal and not to freak out, don't panic. It doesn't mean that there's anything, anything wrong with you or your relationship or your partner or anything like that. It's just the situation and find ways to work together and support each other through it and it passes you know it does it does settle down um so when i'm working with couples prenatally i try to help them to um, readjust their expectations because i find parents often don't have experience with a new baby they might not have friends who've got a young baby so they don't really have a picture of what it's really like Mm -hmm. um and so they tend to expect, you know, maybe that it's going to be a walk in the park, but it's but it's not. It's 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 tough going. It's it's an endurance sport and an adventure into the unknown, all all rolled into one. Um, so I let couples know that you know things like breastfeeding, you know, have to be learnt by both mum and baby, and can be quite stressful sometimes at the mm. beginning. Um, and partner support and encouragement and understanding is really important. 
Um, I let them know that settling a crying baby can be quite stressful, especially when it's the middle of the night and doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't seem to work. And so, you know, don't be surprised if you're arguing at three o'clock in the morning about whose turn it is to get up and try again sort of thing. And um, just let them know that this, that all couples are going through this, that it, that it's normal and that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And there's, like I said, plenty of help out there. Um, and don't rush to try and get back to what, your idea of normal is because normal after baby is going to be very different to mm. normal before baby mm. and you just got to muddle through and work it out as it's it's on the job job training you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what are good yeah. things that couples can do then when like you know because a lot of my listeners are kind of are pregnant and so they're, they're I, a lot of them are really thinking about preparing for the birth so i'm kind of like I, I hate to add more to their plate in terms of preparing for you know the parenthood bit but what, if anything, can they do while they're pregnant? You know, let's say first time mums to try yeah. and prepare them and their other half for easing that in a bit. So they can maybe, I mean, is it worth them kind of talking about some of this stuff in advance, maybe agreeing how it's going to be, even though it's very difficult to predict how things will unfold, but maybe having some understandings that they discuss beforehand or, or anything like that. What, what can they do sort of now? Sure. There's actually lots of things that couples can do. I mean, we call it expecting, but we should call it preparing, really. (laughs) Expecting is just a waste of time, you know. Like, there's lots of things that you can do to prepare. Um, I'll I'll tell you the two biggest things that I work on. Um, One is stress relief. Um, Couples often, you know, we've been talking about how stressful um, parts of those first few months can be look lots of it's joyful too I don't want to paint a negative picture because you know the best yeah, thing about no, being pregnant is the baby and <laughs> yeah, the baby yeah. makes it all worthwhile oh, but to be but to be realistic you know um, stress relief is really really important um, and so what I get couples to do before the baby comes is to think now and to start implementing now some stress relief um, strategies that they can use after the baby comes as well mm. because sometimes the way we relieve stress before baby isn't actually that family friendly mm. and so we can't maintain it you know like you, dad might play golf disappear for a whole day and play golf well mum's not going to appreciate that in the postpartum period and then if he's all of a sudden can't do that and hasn't found something that he can do that's family friendly then you know that's just putting more pressure so things like doing yoga meditation going for a daily walk swimming you know gentle exercise um are are great and start making that a habit now so that Mm. by the time the baby comes you can just pick the baby up and and take it with you Mm. so that's definitely one of the big things Mm-mm. The other thing that I work on with couples is about changing their communication style. Um, you know, sleep deprivation does horrible things to the way people communicate to each other. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's not pretty. No. Um, so I kind of warn couples that if they can be more simple, clear, direct and supportive with each other uh, and be prepared to communicate in that way then that can take a lot of pressure off and it can be uncomfortable for them to do that in the beginning Mm. but they but they often find it's a huge relief later on because Mm. saying something like I'm really thirsty I really need a glass of water could you get it for me please is really you can't get a misunderstanding about that um but sometimes the way we communicate, like you, you're never there for me. You, you, you know, you don't know what I need. You know, often it's yeah, um, bringing unclear. a whole load of stuff actually 
because it's all been bottled up you bring everything in when all you want is the water kind of thing and suddenly it's like you're never there and it all comes piling in and then it gets too emotional doesn't it then and then it all breaks down yeah, 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 exactly yeah. right. So just, you know, sometimes I think mums, new mums have to be really assertive about what they need because they need to get their needs met so that they can meet the needs of the baby. And so often it means being more assertive with their partner than they're used to being and maybe that their partner's used to hearing and it might come across as them sounding a bit bossy. But I always follow it up with, I really appreciate that or thank you or that's great or, mm. you know, you're in this together and dad dad or, or partner's learning as, as mm. they go as well Mm. so what about for um second or third time mums then how does that let's say they kind of you know the whole thing's kicking off again and and somewhere mum might be thinking oh my goodness this was awful first time around how am I going to get through this next going through all this again we didn't we really struggled first time what kind of advice might you have for for second or third time mums yeah well I actually found that I have three myself, so I actually found that both both second and third times were really positive experiences for us because we did things differently than first time around. You know, I really, really had the opportunity to reflect on what um, didn't go well the first time around, and I had... Um, postnatal depression too after our first so you know enough stuff went wrong that you know it it wasn't good for me Um, so wanting to avoid that second time around I had the opportunity to reflect on that and I made sure that we that I did things differently and that you know I encouraged my husband to do things differently and put in practice everything that we'd learned and I actually found having our second baby was a really healing experience for us Mm. um, and really um, bonding experience for us because we I, I that helped me to heal from the first time negative experience but also created some really lovely memories and mm. and like yeah it's not just us you know it's not something wrong with us it was just that we didn't know what we didn't know first time around mm. and uh, being able to implement and do things differently second time was really empowering and then the third time I would say it was better again so wow so just keep getting back yeah <laughs> yeah well it, it did for us and you know even to the point where you know two of ours are teenagers now and all the hard work that we put in which is pretty much in in the book has paid off and we've mm. found parenting teenagers is it has been a breeze because we we co-parent really well now mm. um but we had to go through a lot to to come to this place so let's just talk about the book then because um your book is called becoming us and their talks and i i bought this and i was started devouring it over the summer um and really really enjoyed the just really enjoyed your perspective and how you came to write it and, and all that so would you mind just sort of talking a little bit about the eight stages of becoming us and a little bit more about the book because I found it really really helpful yeah to read. yeah sure thank you I appreciate that so I guess what I noticed and this is going back to um, when I was a relationship counsellor so I was a relationship counsellor for 15 years and one thing that a relationship counsellor do is, is takes take a history of a couple's relationship and so I've taken couples relationship histories for 15 years and I noticed for the ones the couples that had young children that their stories were very very similar and pretty much they were going through the same things at the same time Mm -hmm. and so as I tracked that I found that there was a pattern emerging and the pattern actually ended up becoming eight stages of parenthood 
Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, re- I, I had a psychology background and I, you know, harnessed my, um, my counselling experience and, and formulated eight, eight stages of parenthood, which I now teach to professionals to support um, the couples that they're working with. Um, so the first stage is prenatal preparation and what couples can do to prepare Mm. for the birth and for the baby and as I said there's lots that they can do uh, to prepare and then the second stage is postpartum uh, gatherings postpartum support I, ca- I call it nest building so stage two is, is nest building and you know getting a, c- a cocoon or a nest set up and sort of um, putting the foundations down I suppose mm. for the for the family mm. and uh, getting mum and dad working together as a team right right from the start and mm. uh, creating a buffer from outside stresses and just creating a little a little nest at home so that's mm. that's stage two and is that quite a short short stage I guess is that like sort of almost like a 40 day stage or a kind of that immediate aftermath of birth yeah is that, is the that... third trimester yeah, yeah okay. that's kind of like the third trimester stage yeah, yeah. Okay. you know maybe you know six eight twelve weeks I mean as long as possible preferably yeah. but <laughs> life yeah, kicks in, life starts it? to intrude again yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. um and then the next stage I find you know, reality starts to settle in and the focus isn't so much on the baby anymore and it's kind of turning more towards, okay, well, what's happening with life and what's happening with us? And I find that that's really about managing expectations about, well, this is not what we expected, this is not what we thought life <laughs> would look like. We thought the baby would fit in with us and actually, well, we're fitting around the baby. <laughs> yeah. We can't just take it with us anymore and, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a massive nappy bag and uh, mm. and a huge pram and so it's very much about adjusting to expectations and adjusting to the reality of, of life with a new baby and all the joys and the challenges that, that come with that. And then the next stage is I call um, base camp is kind of setting down some deeper, more solid foundations for um, you know, life as a family, not life as two individuals that can just do whatever they want anymore, but, you know, have a dependent baby. Um, and so things like building in, you know, good stress relief and good nutrition and, you know, the changing relationships and managing them and managing in-laws and going back to work and all those sorts of wider world kind of um, considerations that come mm. up at that point mm. after the immediate postpartum period. Yeah. And so how and does how does I'm, I'm just thinking these kind of stages, and I, it might become more obvious with some of the others. But I guess from this point on, they can vary in length depending on the couple and how they kind of deal with stuff, or how much they adjust that the speed at which they are adjusting. Is that fair to say? Or absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like the base camp stage, my husband and I still go back to base camp. You know, like if we've got sick kids or you know something happens and you know we need to lick our wounds a bit because life's dealt us a blow or whatever, we'll go back to base camp. And that's right. just getting back to you know preparing nutritious meals and keeping up the stress relief and keeping mm. the lines of communication open. So it's kind of just laying some really solid foundations for when life is going to throw some curveballs or get challenging, as it does for everybody at some point. Um, but it's just setting up that that sort of family foundation. Mm-hmm. But the next one is really pivotal. The next stage I found is... Um, is managing strong emotions because what most couples don't realise is that because they're um, biologically primed, I suppose, to be 
sensitive to their baby's emotion and to read their baby's emotional signals, that makes them also more sensitive to their partner. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, I warn couples about this. You know, you're going to be more sensitive to your partner to, to, to your partner, and your partner's going to be more, um, more sensitive to you. So just be aware of that and be gentle with each other and, um, you know, be aware of that when you're communicating um, that you are going to be more emotionally vulnerable and to prepare them that, you know, with that sensitivity, the highs are higher and the lows are lower and everything else in between. You know, there's just such a range of emotions that I felt after I had kids. You know, I was, mm. I was, I felt love, like I, you know, my heart would burst and this fierce protectiveness, you know, like I could scratch somebody's eyes out if they came too close to my kid, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes so frustrated and sometimes so bored and, yeah. you know, you know, stuck at home all day and just this, you know, real range of emotions. Mm. And this is one of those stages that, you know, I love what you just said about, if you manage it well, it's not so long. But if you if you don't manage it well, it can go on forever, sort of yeah. thing. So I think it's really important for couples to know how to, how to manage it and and um, how to become more comfortable with with stronger and deeper emotions. I think because mm. that's how we bond too. Mm. That's how we bond with mm. partner and friends and other mothers through mm. sharing those those emotional experiences. Mm. I think also like the emotional life. I'm I'm, I'm sort of really into the idea of really working with your emotions and acknowledging them and, and but also clearing them and facing up to them and and not denying them you know really sort Absolutely. of if you're feeling something then feel it and work through it don't kind of yeah. drown it in alcohol or ignore it or s- suppress it because it's just going to come and bite you on the bum and certainly when you're in a high intense intensely emotional scenarios such as one with kids where you know like you said they are prime to push your buttons they are you and so whatever is in you that needs to be healed will be thrown back at you a hundred times stronger because they are you they are you and so if you don't face up to your own emotional vulnerabilities your own emotional imbalances your own all that stuff you know if you don't build that emotional resilience early on it's really gonna make that whole parenthood parenting journey so much tougher I think yeah it can become very overwhelming. And I think, and get help. You don't need to do it on your own. Mm. You know, I think it's really important um, to be able to talk to your partner about these sorts of things and get help to do that if you can't mm. because they're going through their own emotional journey. And, you know, it's it's by sharing this stuff with a partner that you just really can become more strongly bonded with them through the experience mm. of parenthood. This is why this step is so pivotal because this is the step that can either... Um, merge couples and bring them closer or send them further apart if they don't know how to handle mm. the emotionality or if they try and shut off from it or if they try and shut down. Mm. Um, it's also an important one too because these are the it's, it's through denying emotions, not being able to express our emotions or get comfort for our vulnerable emotions that can lead to postpartum depression or anxiety or can mm. contribute to it. So mm. it's, a, it's an important one to... Um, to acknowledge and to share yeah mm. and i think as with anything really it's just communication is key in these things isn't it communication is it often is. the thing behind success or failure in many ventures and i think probably dealing with your emotions communication is a, is a key part of that 
It is. And I think that we need to communicate with ourselves first. Mm. So I need to tune in with what's going on inside me and have that conversation with myself. You know, what am I really feeling? What's really going on here? Okay, I'm feeling angry. But if I sit with that long enough, I'm actually feeling sad. Mm. And so what would happen if I expressed my sadness to my husband instead of my anger? And how different would that sound and what would the outcome be? You know, I can rage at him or I can say, you know what, underneath this I'm actually feeling really sad and I need you to hug me. And this is what I mean about this postpartum really clear communication is like I'm feeling lonely and I I need you to hug me. You know, I've been at home all day with this baby and I just need, you know, I need some adult adult company and an adult conversation and, and a hug from some strong shoulders. You know, it's mm. it's about self-awareness and having that conversation with myself and then being able to articulate that to my partner. Mm. And that was the big learning for me and for mm. us, I think. And I think that journey to self-awareness, again, that, that is not a quick one, is it? You know, to learn to no. listen to your feelings to be able to connect to what you're feeling and, and be aware of what it is you're really feeling and not maybe respond to those surface emotions but those deeper ones is is a sort of I, I guess it's a long it's a lifelong learning that one isn't it you can't just do go, go on a quick weekend course for that one can you no it's not but I found that you know that that this is what I found I found that becoming a mother kind of forced me to do that mm. because I I I I left my I left my career identity behind and I became a stay-at-home mum and so that gave me a lot of opportunity to work out who I really was and what I really wanted out of life and you know I loved being a mum I loved that identity um, but there were parts of it that I didn't like so it was working out that okay, this is what I like and this is what I want more of, but this is what I don't like and this is what I want less of and just, you know, figuring all that sort of stuff out. So I actually found becoming a mother was a really huge opportunity for, for self-awareness and for, and for growth. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's what I, I, I did with clients, you know, for 15 years was facilitate that for them and then to channel that sort of personal growth for mothers and dads back into the relationship and helping them to share that with their partner mm. And then that creates some really solid foundations for their family. And it's lovely work to do. Mm. Mm. No, no, it is. It is. So um, back to the eight stages then in the book. Then what's the next stage after the the it was that emotional phase that you've just talked about? What's the next one? Yeah. So the next one is identity and self-esteem. And, you know, we've got some fantastic research coming out now about how becoming a mother and becoming a father changes and affects, you know, mums and dads' self-esteem and sense of identity in both positive and negative ways Mm. Um, we know for example that dads who are more involved with looking after the baby have higher self-esteem so I really encourage dads to be involved right from the very beginning and we know for mums that dad's attitude towards her as a mother can really affect her self-esteem so if she feels really um, appreciated and supported and validated by him then she's going to be feeling good about being a mother Mm. Um, but if he's not supportive if he doesn't really appreciate the efforts that she makes or doesn't see them then that can negatively affect her self-esteem and in some cases that can lead to to postnatal depression so you know having a supportive partner is really really key you know that was something that I recognized again in hindsight that the ways that my husband and I weren't prepared for the normal changes and challenges that I, I now know are normal changes and challenges the, the ones that we were blindsided by the ones that we didn't expect the ways that they impacted on our relationship in ways that we weren't able to support each other 
and then the negative impacts of that on on us in terms of our relationship and our self-esteem and you know that that was a huge challenge for us in the first couple of years mm-hmm. until I figured it all out and, <laughs> and recognised that it wasn't actually us, that it was just that we were unprepared. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of sadness about thinking about, gosh, if we had been prepared for this stuff, what a difference that might have made to our relationship and how we felt about ourselves and how we felt about each other. Mm. And what about in terms of how the, the you know, the, the parenting of the little one as well, you know, the, the way that they experienced you as parents in those times when there may be conflict and arguments and going on it really it's something that you know as as well as in in addition to all the birth preparation stuff it really this preparing for parenthood is really crucial isn't it really really crucial and I don't think we hear enough about it we don't hear much about it at all and I, I, I think of it as pre-parenting. I think of it as supporting mothers and fathers as individuals and as a couple to be cooperative co-parents because mm. the thing that my husband and I found is that all the stuff that we were unprepared for and we were just sort of flailing and struggling through and it sort of started becoming between us, well, that affected our ability to co-parent um, because we were arguing a lot and that's actually stage stage seven is is managing conflict so that's the next stage we've, we've we've arrived there so everything before led up to us just arguing and having this power struggle I suppose mm. about just everything you know it got to the point where we were arguing about what to feed the baby or you know what time to go for a walk or you know any little thing because we were just you know the tension had built so much by that by that point and you know, I really noticed that when I was unhappy with my husband, it would affect my parenting. You know, I wasn't the best mother that I could be when I was cranky with him, you know, mm. when I was irritated with him. And I'm sure that the the reverse was true as well. Mm. Um, so you're right. We don't pay this stuff nearly enough attention, but, but we're starting to. I, I mean, I know I work with a lot of educators now who are starting to integrate this stuff into their um, birth preparation classes, which is fantastic oh, to see. Mm, yeah amazing yeah, amazing mm. so what's the final stage then I, i'm hoping it's you know enjoy the ride is it, <laughs> it yes it's how to connect with your partner and stay connected with your partner and how to reconnect with your partner and in mm. fact i found that there are ways that partners can stay connected through all the stages and Yet, if they haven't managed to, if they're at stage seven and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is terrible, what's happening to us, then they, you can reconnect at any time. Mm. You know, we, 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 we most of the time um, want to be with our partners and when we explore the ways that we're unprepared for parenthood, that we're not supported, that we're probably taking on way too much and putting way too much pressure on ourselves and maybe that our expectations were unrealistic in the first place, mm. then we can stop blaming our partner and start to work, to work towards mm. rebuilding, you know, the connection between us. Mm. Um, and that's nice work to do mm. as well. Now, you mm. mentioned earlier on in the chat that you said, oh, you know, we often go back to base camp or we go back to this stage. So, in when you when you're talking about these stages do you are they kind of does one naturally fall into the other or are you talking about you know you can kind of dance between them depending on where you're at you might fall back into a stage and can you just talk a little bit more about how you're how what you mean about all that when you say you fall back to a stage yeah absolutely well i find that when children change mm. then 
then I, I found that we go back, we went back through the stages. So when, for instance, the babies become a toddler and then all of a sudden you've got all these horrible toddler behaviours, <laughs> yeah. you know, they turn into little monsters and you've got all these horrible toddler behaviours that you've got to, got to deal with, then the conflict's likely to go back up again, oh, you know, okay. or yeah. teenagers, when they go through the teenage stage, the conflict goes back up again. So I go back to expectations, you know, what oh. do we expect of our child? Are they realistic expectations? Go back to base camp, stress relief, eating well, yeah. not taking taking on extra pressures, um, going back to emotions. Okay, well, what am I feeling now? Okay, I'm freaking out because my toddler's picking their nose at, yeah. at mother's group and <laughs> I, I look like a bad mother or something. But no, you know what, it's normal and, you know, mm. getting that reassurance from other mothers and, uh, yeah, go back through some of those stages. Mm. Um, but you know what, this is the thing that I found is that every time you go back, it's easier to go forward again mm. and the reconnection comes quicker, the conflict's lowered, you get familiar with your emotions, you know better how to express them. So it's like, you know, you're going forwards even if you're going backwards sort of mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it sounds to me like this is the kind of thing that, you know, it, it, I often, it's mums usually that listen to the podcast and I have got a few episodes for dad, but we sounds like we really need to get dads listening to this as well so that they can kind of get with the program a bit in terms of helping, you know, because I think sometimes sometimes dads are a bit slow to the party on some stuff, you know, certainly it's mums doing all the prep in terms of birth stuff. And some dads, they, they want to be there, they want to support, but they, they don't kind of jump in with two feet all the time. And so I feel that maybe this is something that might be, a, that it might be like this as well for the parenthood bit as well. Is that what you find when oh, you're counselling? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I find that dads love my book. I've had just as many dads say that they bought it for their, for their wives as wives say really? that they bought it for, for their husbands. So yeah, because I'm big on not blaming. Yeah. I'm big on including dad and I'm big on inviting dad in. I mean, dads might not jump in, but they also might not be invited in. Mm. You know, like at prenatal appointments, is dad even invited? Often dad's yeah. not even invited to prenatal appointments um often in the postpartum period you know dad's battling the mother-in-law and all the sisters and can feel quite excluded um Mm. from you know what's going on postpartum Mm. where it's in that this is back to stage um two the nesting where it's really important to give dad plenty of space to find his own way with the Mm. baby and to start to establish his own independent relationship Mm. with his baby because Mm. that's good for for babies it's good for dad and it's ultimately good for mum as well Mm. so i'm i'm very pro (laughs) very very pro dad and pro pro the whole family Mm. well we've got a great little free download for anybody interested in, in in hearing more about the eight stages ellie just want to talk a little bit about the the video that you've got that people can get hold of to get a bit of an overview of the book which I think would be the perfect thing to show dad actually as well because I think dad's like a bit of video as well so just talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just a, I think it's a 13 minute video that I've created. Um, it's about the eight stages and it just describes the main, the main characteristics, I suppose, of each stage. And I created it for expecting and brand new baby parents and also for educators to use, um, with prenatal groups or with, with clients. So yeah, it's a, uh, hopefully a great resource. Mm. So you can get hold of that free video from the fearfreechildbirth.com website and I'll share the link at the end of our our chat so that you can get hold of that because I think that sounds like a really great way to just get your head into this whole idea of parenthood even though you know right now you're probably the listeners are probably just focused so much on the birth prep 
actually I think it's worth like we've talked about to just start really thinking about that period straight after birth as well and to do, do what you can now while you've got a little bit more time and no crying babies to distract you and, and you've got the sleep and all the rest of it hopefully sleep I say sleep when you're heavily pregnant sleep's not always that easy to come by anyway but <laughs> so um if people want to find out more about your work Ellie where can they find out more about what you do in websites and twitter and all that kind of stuff yeah, absolutely. My, my website's elliataylor.com and actually what you're saying about the birth, a lot of couples these days do a birth plan. I really encourage couples to do a postpartum plan Ooh. and I'm actually... I actually have a postpartum or a nest building plan on my website at ellietaylor.com. So if they uh, sign up for that, they can get that as well. Oh. Um, I'm on Twitter. I think it's Ellie Taylor at Becoming Us or something like that. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn if anybody's on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, but the website ellietaylor.com is probably the best place to start. Oh, well, thank you. I'm going to have all those links in the podcast show notes. And I just want to thank you, Ellie, for coming on the podcast and sharing this, you know, just opening up the world of the parenthood piece, which I think a lot of people maybe don't fully consider or appreciate, and it completely knocks them for six when they do become parents. And I know that a lot of my listeners, some of them, they feel like they've got the birth thing covered. And, and some of the emails I'm getting from people is like, it's the bit straight afterwards. Can I be, am I going to be able to be a good mother? It's that that piece. So I think it's been a really useful, interesting, uh, fascinating uh, conversation that we've had today. And I think my listeners are really going to appreciate it. So thank you once again for coming on the show, Ellie. My pleasure. Well, people say nothing can prepare you for parenthood, but that's not true anymore. So, <laughs> Your books can. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure, Alexia. Great to talk to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Ellie and what she has got to say about that transition into parenthood and parenting. I certainly found it really interesting. And when I read her book, over the summer it was real as a real eye-opener for me so I would definitely recommend that you check out the book but if you're not still not sure then get the download the download for today's episode you can find it at fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash parenthood and the download is a um, I think it's a 14 minute video that Ellie's created for parents new parents parents to be and the educators that, that uh, help other parents in her method and it just summarizes the eight steps that we talked about during our chat so probably a really good one to sit down and watch with your other half if you can't get them to listen to the podcast episode so I hope that you found today's episode useful and remember I still want to hear from you about whether or not I should do a season two for the podcast so do come and email me at alexia at fearfreechildbirth.com and let me know your thoughts. Thanks for that and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. You've just been listening to Alexia Leachman from the Fear Free Childbirth podcast. If you enjoyed the show, she'd really love it if you left a review on iTunes or Stitcher or shared it with a friend. And don't forget, to get a free chapter from her book, head over to fearfreechildbirth.com to get your copy, as well as finding other episodes in this podcast and more about how Alexia can help you with pregnancy and birth preparation coaching. Until next time.